What's the child's name? Kevin. K-E-V-I-N. When did you uh, see him last? Curbside check-in? No, I saw him at the door, and he was with us in the terminal. Uh, most people get uh, separated at security checkpoints. Uh, did everyone get through security? I don't know. Peter. We were in a hurry. We were in a hurry. We had to run all the way to the gate. When did you uh, notice he was missing? When we picked up our baggage here. Has boy ever run away from home? No. Has he ever been in a situation where he's been on his own? As a matter of fact, this has happened before. It's becoming sort of a McAllister family travel tradition. Funnily enough, we never lose our luggage. <laughs> he was left at home by accident last year. That's what my wife meant when she said it's becoming a McAllister family travel tradition. We'll call Chicago and uh, notify him of the situation. Uh, the odds are that's where he is. Thanks. It's very unlikely he'd be anywhere else. Home Alone 2. Um, Peter, we were not going to originally do this one as the remake on original remake. Uh, so I wanted to read a couple of things, though. Um, I took some screenshots uh, from the uh, the director, uh, Chris Columbus. Let me pull that up. So I didn't listen to the uh, audio commentary track like a good podcaster uh, because uh, we are not recording these in the Christmas months. We are trying to get these in before uh, baby number 18 comes in Papa Pete's household. Uh, so, um, but apparently on the commentary for, it says here for Home Alone 1, um, Chris Columbus admits that Home Alone 2, quote, to some extent was a remake of the first movie. Uh, so much so that he avoided some iconic, uh, things, uh, that they filmed like a return to, uh, little Kevin, I guess, continuing to try to use aftershave and doing the the iconic scream with the hands on the, the cheeks. Um, because there was some criticisms when this came out that it's uh, more of the same. But I remember in, this was a far gentler time, and you and I were children when this came out. Um, I don't think that fucking mattered to me as a kid. Actually, I think that's what I expected. When there was a part two, I wanted more of the same. So that was, you know, and so since I've aged with you know, Macaulay Culkin, uh, kind of in that same demographic. Uh, this one's always been like good in my book. Cause I liked it when I was a kid. And I think the things that you tend to like as a kid, you don't totally turn around on. I mean, there's some stuff that maybe if you haven't seen it in 20 years, you might be like, Ooh, uh, I really watched that over and over, but home loan two and home loan one usually get some play in my house around the holidays. So, I don't have that particular complaint, but I just wanted to open the show by saying that Chris Columbus, apparently it was heavy on his mind that he was about to get, I guess, attacked by critics at large and maybe the audience for, for going back to the well and basically remaking the first film, except putting it in New York. So what, what do you, what do you think about that? Were those fears unfounded or do you think it was smart to kind of drop some of the stuff like doing the aftershave bit again? Um, I, I wouldn't have minded it. But all, I mean, there's other things that they could have taken out, um, but uh -oh. instead they decided to switch. Like instead of a 
wise old man, they got a wise old lady. Okay. Um, you fine with that? Yeah. You know, it's, it's fine. Even it's different with all the bird enough. poop? I mean, it's a little, it's a little disgusting. <laughs> but I do <laughs> like the added uh, hotel hotel faculty, you know, the crew there. You know, you got your ah, Rob Schneider. Go. You know, Tim Curry. Tim Curry, we, yeah. We hated on this podcast, dear listeners. Um, for you, would have been a couple months ago. For us, it was a mere... <laughs> A mere twenty minutes ago, <laughs> so this is his, his redemption right. on um, on Home Alone Two. Our episode here, he is excellent as the heel. I think he's the best nemesis in this version of it. Better than the return of the Wet Bandits. Now as the Sticky Bandits uh, with Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. I love Tim Curry as the overbearing. Far too curious in other people's business. Uh, can't let sleeping dogs lie. He gets called a pervert multiple times. Accused of uh, kissing everyone, including Cliff. Poor Cliff. Um, I, I I really like Tim Curry here. And I, my, my, I think my favorite scene in the movie is when he uh, takes credit. When Kevin's parents, you know, they obviously, with his use of his dad's <laughs> credit cards, track him to that hotel. Uh-huh. And he is so proud of himself. For, for trying to, um, I guess, you know, um, detain Kevin when Kevin realizes that he's he's going to, uh, you know, those credit cards, they know they're stolen and scares him off. He is so so full of himself. He's got a shit-eating grin on his face and expects his parents to applaud him for it, which, of course, just sends Kevin out into the streets of New York, now homeless, to fend for himself. Uh, this guy rules. I love, I love this guy, the concierge at the... Uh, some assholes hotel who we won't right. name, and hopefully by this recording is no longer in charge of many dying Americans. Yeah, let, let's hope uh, that'll be interesting. I mean, obviously we're recording this in advance, so it'll be interesting to hear back on it. And boy, you're gonna hear a couple of really pissed off dudes for <laughs> our uh, 2021 episodes if we're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like holy shit, catch back up. <laughs> yeah. Um... Let's see here. It's it's funny that you opened up talking about, um, you know, them pretty much remaking this mm. and trying to avoid uh, redoing some of the same things. I could have used the aftershave because that's really quick. They replicate the sequence of this fake fictional movie. The yeah, angels, is that right? Yeah, even dirty the sequel. Faces? Right, yeah. yeah, right. It's it's a damn sequel and it's just as long. So. Uh, uh, and in the first movie, he incorporated like actual fireworks to make it sound real. Now he just turns up the volume. <laughs> and, like, Kevin's getting uh, older; he's losing a step. You know, he, yeah. he's an old vet at the, uh, I guess, the VCR trade here. Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm glad you pointed that out because, uh, and you you kind of expressed surprise off mic that I actually went back and did a rewatch for this because, as right. I said, every Christmas season I watch one or two, you know, or both. And uh, in my mind, he had something. He had some sort of pyrotechnics or something in that hotel room because uh, this time it's not just one pizza guy outside the door. It's, what, four or five adults Yeah, in the next room. So you'd think you have to up the stakes a little bit. Uh, but no, just turn up the volume. And I, I mean, I don't know what sort of surround sound system they have. <laughs> In or lack of assholes hotel, yeah, probably <laughs> right. not. Um, but you know, Kevin, you know, it, it's obviously there to to do that gag. I actually think that gag works again because I like 
Tim Curry being accused of kissing everyone at the hotel. So it's fine <laughs> with me that they double down on that. I actually have more of a problem with the pigeon lady myself. That's huh. I like in the first film that, you know, buzz contributes to, you know, the scary neighbor next door. Cause when you're a kid, you kind of, I think even buzz alludes to it uh, in the first film that uh, nothing is ever going to happen in our neighborhood because it's the most boring street to live on anywhere. And so it's like natural for kids to like make up things or kind of want to believe things about their neighborhood to make it more interesting. Uh-huh. So you obviously wouldn't like to live next door to uh, a mass murderer, someone who murdered, butchered his whole family and now hides somebody's in salt that he uses for his driveway. But you know, as a kid, I can, you know, I can see it, you know, because it makes your world just sound like there's things happening. A woman who gets dumped and then is homeless and heartbroken for the rest of her days and only talks to birds. I think she says something that she hasn't spoken to anyone. Like what she say? She say two years or when she starts talking to Kevin sneaking into uh, fancy concerts and stuff that just trying to stay warm. See that right there. That's just, far, it's just far more sad than a scary dude next door. That if yeah. you just talk to him, okay. it's like, you know, his story is sad in the first one where he had an argument with the son and then Kevin helps him to reconnect. Uh, but it's more realistic and grounded. Like everyone, especially over the holidays, uh, depending on how this presidential election goes, <laughs> there could be arguments among your own family. I can see that. But just a woman being dumped and then living on the streets of New York or in Central Park. I don't know, man. It's just not as fun or as pleasant. No, you're right. And now I'm thinking... Uh, at the end of the movie where Kevin says something like, you know, he'll never forget her. And instead of just taking it in the moment, she shits on it. It's just like, Kevin, don't, don't make a promise you can't keep. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> I know how you men are. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what a way to end that. Um, that always stuck out to me because, you know, as, as a child, you, you said we were kids when this came out. I was just saw like, Oh, she's right. You know, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you did forget her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Mr. Duncan? We, I mean, uh, I guess instead of one wise old person, they got two, right? We have him too. Mr. Duncan should probably deposit, make a nightly deposit like most businesses, yeah. especially uh, a toy store operating on Christmas Eve. Uh, Just like Dun- Mr. He's Duncan's getting kinda... older. He's losing a step. He's kind of lazy, Mr. Duncan. Uh, Does he really want to donate to those kids? (laughs) Like, he's he's in no hurry. Um, I don't have a problem with that as much. I did, uh, I don't want to get into the fucking weeds of of Home Alone 2. Because I hate those type of people uh, picking nits. But what what is the escape plan for the sticky bandits now? Like, they they stay overnight in these uh, child-sized houses yeah playhouses um so there's apparently no alarm system inside no motion sensors but there is an alarm system if there's an uh, an entry point uh-huh. broken i guess the window does right. that apply to the doors as well like were they going to set off the alarm just by exiting what w- what was their strategy to get away with the money is what i'm asking you peter i think that's it you know we're assuming that there is no motion detector so they were probably 
going to stuff their bag with as much money as they can and, and just make a run for it. That's so really, Peter doesn't, or Kevin doesn't do anything to them then. They have the money in the bags. He breaks the window. They still need to, to book it. The only thing he does is he has a picture of them. Yeah, I guess you're right. Never looked at it that way. So let's get into the, the traps. I think that's, a mo- that's the thing we can compare. And if you want to talk about... You know, the director, Chris Columbus, his fear of repeating himself, uh, watching these two so close together for a podcast uh, where you you've kind of said before, when you watch for a podcast, you kind of come off more critical than probably what you would be just watching it. Just yeah. passively. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. The traps are not nearly as good or as interesting in this one. And that fits the reality of the world where Peter's going to some relatives in New York. I mean, though that's not his first thought. His first Kevin. thought is to Kevin. Why do I keep saying Peter? <laughs> Who is Peter? You're Peter. Me. Um, <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> well, I mean, to, to be fair, Peter's his dad. That, okay. That, maybe that's what, cause I was about to say he's running up his dad's credit cards. That's going back to Papa Pete's corner there on how you would react on that. Um, that's the name of my dude diner. Papa beans. <laughs> uh, so he decides to do that before going to the relatives who live in New York that he's aware of. Uh, unfortunately, they're out of town, and this really nice, got huge uh, building they own uh, just off the park in yeah, New York. Yeah, his brother. Um, are those the ones that uh, they were visiting in Paris? Are these like the incredibly rich members of the family? No, no, no. This, this uh, They're in... Um, the first one they went to Paris, and now they're in Florida. And I think this brother, where is he? Is he vi- on vacation, visiting somewhere while they're having the house remodeled? But I thought that they were going to Paris because of other family that they were going to see. So I, I just um, maybe I'm connecting dots that aren't there. That you know, this other part of the family is. It's not like the McAllisters we see are uh, destitute. They have a huge fucking house. Yeah, where like twenty of them can sleep over. Um, anyway, he goes to this place. It's empty. Uh, they're remodeling it, which is just an excuse for, um, uh, our hero to just trash the place, I guess, without feeling bad about it. Cause we're right. not going to get the cleanup sequence like we do in the, uh, the first film to show how mature an adult he is. But I don't know. They're just not as fun as like, you know, I miss like the Christmas ornaments, like, you know, using okay. the, the family home and whatever he has on hand, uh, making a battle plan, uh, here it's just like, it's like literally blunt force trauma of the head. It is fucking bricks being thrown yeah. at a human head. <laughs> you know, not rope, a lot of rope creativity. Rope kerosene. Um, yeah, just burn them. Like, flame, burn them, bash them over torch the head. to the head. Um, yeah, I, I miss the, the, the handle. You know, I yeah. miss the, the imprint. That was a little bit more creative. The, yeah. Um, he used his toy cars. He had the tree house. I don't know. It was more childlike. And this... Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I don't know if my parents said it, but I remember it was kind of on the news. I was like, wow, uh, kind of got more violent this time. And I think it's the brick throwing they're talking about. Cause you can't not watch that and think, uh, that's going to kill a man right? or it's going to cause serious brain damage. And poor Daniel Stern, they do it four or five times to his <laughs> face. It's pretty good. It is still, Pete's it's still really funny. <laughs> I, I am laughing. Uh, he deserved it. <laughs> If we've, if we've learned anything, uh, when people get hurt in, in, in movies, they deserve it, probably. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh, I lost my train of thought. Well, you know, we were, we were talking about how 
how this is, you know, obviously a remake from the first one. You see Marv and Harry go through some of the similar beats from the first movie, and they're like, well, we remember what happened in the first one, so that's why, you know, they have to kind of change things, and maybe they're not as cute in terms of the setup, but Kevin's smarter than them. He's like, well, they're going to remember how I rigged this last time, you know, Marv tapping the doorknobs and things like that. Smarter. Still not looking out for ice on, you know, it's winter. Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, and then gets captured just so the bird lady can use the ultimate uh, blunt force trauma, which is uh, hundreds of pigeons uh, attacking or sticky bandits, which I guess is fitting. You know, the birds do stick to them in the end. But let me ask you, going back to Papa Pete's corner here. I don't know if we ever left. <laughs> I think that's just, you know, anytime there's going to be fatherhood, uh, uh, I, I might just subtitle the episode, like, you know, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York with Papa Pete. Just <laughs> have that in there. <laughs> I actually am kind of impressed, because the hardest thing to get over is, uh, if you just heard that there's a sequel to Home Alone, it's like, oh, really? Really the families can do it again? I actually like the scenes with Catherine O'Hara, <laughs> where it's like, well... Um, you know, to answer your question, has he ever been in a situation like this? And she's like, it's kind of become a McAllister family tradition. <laughs> they start laughing at it. <laughs> of course, you know, I'm sure the police officer is just appalled at this uh, bit of black uh, comedy they've got going here. But, um, I, you know, the, the airport sequence of how they set up that not only is Kevin going to be on the outs with the family again, um, but that he will be left this time not at home. Like they make a point. Like she's like, wait, where's Kevin in the car? He's in the front seat, but he's going to be lost at the airport. They have to really kind of reach for it. Right. With Kevin deciding that he needs batteries for his talk boy, uh, which I don't believe was a thing until after the movie came out. Correct. I had one, but it was, so they just made up something for the plot of the movie. And then some toy maker was like, that's going to sell. So we're going to make it. Yep. Um, It probably was not, as effective or clear as recordings, I assume, is what Kevin gets. Like when he's walking into the bathroom to record his uncle singing in the shower, it's like pristine playback he's got on that to use later against Tim Curry. I mean, it was good enough. It was just like, you know, your standard microphone and, and playback. Uh, I used to record, um, if I was too lazy to set up, you know, the tape player to the radio and record music off of that, you know, you would just put the microphone up to a speaker so, um, I mean, I'm, I don't... I'm thinking back the... to the beginning of this recording where instead of going to find a bottle opener, you were looking for anything around the desk. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, back then we didn't have MP3 and digital and um, remastered. I don't think I could, I could scrub on my iPhone good enough to do what Kevin's doing with an actual rewind and fast forward on the tape. No, that's no. You're you're absolutely right about that. The functionality, but it still did the things, you know, that Kevin was able to do. Uh, you know, slow mo. Um, did you ever uh, use it fast. in a, such a nefarious, tricksy fashion? Uh, may, maybe not in that fashion, but probably to call and prank friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we probably did that. I was like 13, I think, when I bought this. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm getting into some uh, insight into why, you know, how you're Papa Pete now, because you were the male, the, the talk boy. See, 
<laughs> I mean, uh, I, maybe that's even like our early days of podcasting, probably. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, kid has to have batteries. So um, because of that, uh, he, uh, let's see, he it, it contributes the, the to the airport. Well, doesn't it contribute to the alarms also being reset? Oh, uh, his dad he does, has an yeah. issue. Yeah, he, he, he had to recharge something and accidentally um, unplug like, the whole strip, which was connected to the alarm clock. And so when he plugged it back in... That's what the, that Papa it, Pete did. Yeah, the everything restarted. <laughs> Not the real one. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, right. So Kevin has to, have, has to have batteries at the airport. That's how he gets access to his dad's wallet. His dad, you know, and a, a clue to the audience, like, pay attention to this. Dad said, hey, you're going to carry my bag? You're going to carry my bag? Um, in the middle of the airport, he decides he needs to put the batteries in the talk boy as they're running to catch the plane, which is probably the, that's probably the worst moment in this setup to get him left alone. Um, yeah. I really dislike that. Cause I feel like it would have been easy enough just for a kid who, you know, is just being a stupid kid. If you look up and you see a man who has the same haircut and the same jacket, you could have done that without him having to come to a stop to put in batteries to something he's not going to use until he's on the plane anyway. I, I suppose, but um, perhaps it's something where most kids can understand, like one of your toys being really low on battery and wanting to hurry up and change it so you can play with it again, as opposed to like Kevin being distracted by like a comic book at a stand, looks up and follows the wrong man to the door, you know? Look, I've just seen A Quiet Place. I know what happens. You put those batteries in. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I you fucking I, okay. die, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Deserved it. (laughs) (laughs) One day we will do a quiet place. Whenever movies come back and, you know, hopefully we're, we're past COVID. And, uh, I hear we have a great new president right now, Peter. I will find out emphasis on new, (laughs) (laughs) uh, quiet place. I mean, they have part two. They also have bird box. Right, and we just gotta find another one that has something to do with. Yeah, why don't we do hear no evil, see no evil, or whatever? I don't know what that is. But I'm it's sure a, there's a lot of them. Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. I just want to, uh, you know, to Tabasco and the great John Krasinski's beard, and that. That's what I want to go back to the first one. When we'll, uh-huh. I'll just reference it in every episode that month, okay. whenever that may be. Uh, I don't think I've got anything else as far as issues with Home Alone 2. I have an obvious preference to the first one, but I feel like it's something that a sequel is always going to be hard to do. So, right. you know, remaking it, actually doing a remake with new actors, while, you know, the fan base may not like it initially, depending on how well they cast or how well it turns out, making it with the same actors playing the same characters is actually a really difficult feat because the... You know, the the level uh, of disbelief you may have that really happening to the same family, same kid. It has to be a pretty charming movie to get over that hump. And I'll just say, hey, maybe I like this movie just because I saw it when I was a kid and I was like the same age as Kevin. But I watched it as an adult now and I still enjoyed myself. I still had a good time with it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the um, the wet band is re- they're really silly and they're funny uh, the the family they're just there, you know. Um, but it's really about Kevin being lost in New York. He's the one that people are coming to see. Everyone's coming to see Macaulay Culkin. Nobody's coming to see like the the family or anything like that. Um, 
But I guess, like in recent memory, I, I'm starting to realize that, like my cinematic mother might be Catherine O'Hara. You know, like how we all think Robin Williams and Tom Hanks is like our TV dad or movie mm, dad. Yeah, yeah. I think Catherine O'Hara is that. You know, like grew up watching Beetlejuice, grew up watching um, hmm. Home the Home Alone uh, movies, right? And now, as an adult, I'm watching her on Shit's Creek. It's pretty amazing. And you know, and I uh, and I saw just about. I'm pretty sure I've seen every single Chris, Christopher Guest movie that she was in, you know. So e- even in the '90s, I was watching her. Yeah, I'm trying to. I uh, like. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much like good stuff she has. She she has such like an expressive uh, face. I, I uh-huh. read a bit of trivia <laughs> where she said she was really concerned that her character would be uh, considered like totally unlikable as, as a, uh, a protector, huh. as a mother figure to allow this to happen again. Uh, of course you can see my stance on kids that I find the funniest scene is when she <laughs> <laughs> says it's a new tradition to misplace one of her, her, uh, smart ass children. On that note, I have a bit of trivia. I took another screenshot. This is coming from IMDb. Okay. Uh, I thought you would like, um, after one scene, Macaulay Culkin asked Joe Pesci why he never smiled. Pesci told him to shut up. at the time pesci said he's pampered quote this is a quote he's pampered a lot by a lot of people but not me and i think he likes that i'm like oh tough love from joe pesci there like hey that's cool i can we never smile shut up (laughs) (laughs) no i like that a lot actually you know some kids need that you know i'm um amongst our friends i don't know if this has ever come up on this podcast but i'm kind of the asshole dad really i didn't know that about you yeah. So in the home, are you like the 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 one bringing like the the hammer as far as discipline? Oh or? no, no, not my own kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, amongst our friends, like our circle of friends, like other people's kids. Yeah. So you know that's that's a bit of an exaggeration, but but none of the kids will come to me, and I'll be like, oh, what, what can Uncle Peter do for you? I'll be like, what do you want? <laughs> you know, because the uh, the the parents are too you know, fucking coddling their kids. I'm like, mm. you guys need to like, give them some tough love. Every but once how in a while. are you? How are you with your babies though? Um, I think my wife is a little bit more tougher. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Same for me. That's the dog. I'm yeah. the, I'm the like, well, you got to get in the mindset of the dog and here's what he's thinking and all this. And she's like, uh, I don't want him to bite me. <laughs> and he's not, I'm bigger than him. That's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> I can understand that. My wife, uh, reminds me a lot. Another, I'll go, uh, she's not, uh, she's obviously much taller than Joe Pesci, so I have to go with someone taller. Uh, another story I like, you're a big basketball guy like I am. Uh, Joachim Noah told a story. He, had, he used to have KG posters on his wall, loved Kevin okay. Garnett, and played the same position, power forward, tall, lean, double-double uh, machines, all of that. And his, I guess his first game as a rookie when he played against Garnett, he like went up to him and was like, hey, you know, KG, you know, it's just an honor to be on the court with you. You were my favorite player growing up. Like, you know, so happy, like, you know, get to meet you. And all KG said to him was, fuck you, Noah. And walked off. <laughs> <laughs> that was meeting. Wow. That was a tip-off. I love that story. So that's how I envision you now with these small children like Uncle Pete. <laughs> what are you getting me for Christmas? Fuck you, kid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I got all types of questions. Um, clearly, Kevin Garnett knew... Who Noah was to be calling him Noah, and not go. just like you know. Well, I get no, 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 no. That's right. Noah's his last name. Yeah, so it's, it's on the back of his uh, jersey. Okay. There. Okay. So now we're back on KG's. Just he's just got 
you know, good vision. It doesn't mean that he knows. Yeah, he didn't time. even know the guy's name. He just read it off the back of his jersey. <laughs> um, that's funny. I like that a lot. Yeah, but no. Um, yeah, when when the other kids want something, yeah, I, I'm a little bit more stern when it comes to my own kids. My wife, she's the disciplinarian, so. And I'm okay with being the asshole dad. Like, I'm not going to let none of the, the kids walk over me like they do their own parents. You're the KG. KG of fatherhood. <laughs> All right. I think that'll do it for uh, Home Alone 2. I don't know. I don't think even as, at the time of this recording, if we know where we're going with uh, the reboots, I don't think we'd settled on one of the versions without Macaulay Culkin. So that's what, three of them came after this? Right, but there is one with Kevin McAllister. Is that the one you want to do, or does it matter? Because it looks like they're all equally not well-received. Right. Um, whatever, that, whichever one that doesn't have French Stewart in it. <laughs> all right. I think that's a good rule to live by. Yeah, because he's just, it's French Stewart. <laughs> right. I don't know if I can do 90 said. minutes with him. No, I don't know anyone that could. Even his own family. Even Papa Stewart. <laughs> that's, that's my third run for the show. It's only 30 minutes an episode. <laughs> <laughs>